Open your Bibles, if you will, to Matthew chapter 11. Travis read for us there the text from the lesson this morning, Matthew chapter 11. As you're turning there, I'll just again welcome you all. Thank you all for being here. It's truly an, an honor and a pleasure to be able to come together on the first day of the week and to worship our God, our Creator, and to gather around the table and remember the precious sacrifice that was paid for our sins. Good to see everyone this morning. I hope that we have been edified so far, and I hope this lesson will be edifying to you as well. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This course is our Lord speaking here in Matthew chapter 11, as he makes that beautiful plea to those who wish to uh, put off the burden, so to speak. The beautiful sentiment that is here, that if you come unto the Lord, you who are weary, who are, are laden with the cares of this world, that he will provide rest. I want to spend a few moments looking at these three verses this morning that our Lord speaks. And I hope what we'll see in this, and, and as you can well imagine, um, the, the events of the day uh, weigh heavily on me, as I'm sure they do with each one of us. The things that our country is going through, um, we look around us and see um, sickness and disease and, and unrest, and, 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 and we question things, and, and we wonder, um, are we going to make it through? Are we going to be uh, the same on the other side uh, as, as we are today, or is our, life's gonna, or our lives going to be uh, unalterably changed? Well... Those are questions that we ask ourselves, but I hope that what we'll see this morning is that there is something higher than all that, and there is rest for us if, if, if we'll accept it, and our Lord so tenderly and, and gently uh, reminds us about that here in these verses. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So I want to talk this morning about this, this passage here. Verse 29, it says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my load is light. So let's first talk about the plea here that our Lord gives. The plea, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you. So in these verses, our Lord is, is pleading with, with the listener here, and he starts with this the idea of come to me. I'm reminded of John chapter 12 and verse 32, when our Lord says, If I, being lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. Of course, that's a reference of him being lifted up on that cross. Him being put there as a, as a public spectacle. Putting, being put to death at the hands of men, but that was God's plan all along. It was God's plan to, to lift him up from the earth. And in so doing, he, he calls all people to himself. That is to say, this is the message that, that will go forth in, throughout all the world. That is Jesus Christ and him crucified. And so the plea here of come to me is, is the acceptance of that. Is the, is the understanding and the realization 
that Jesus has been crucified. And so when he says, come to me, there's that gentle reminder of, of him being lifted up on that cross and calling all people, all nations to himself. He says there that all who are weary and are heavy laden. You know, as I mentioned in the, in the introduction, it's easy for us to be weary and heavy laden, especially in, in this day and time. We have so much going on around us and, and so many cares of this world that entangle us, that want to hold us down. But Jesus says, you who are weary and heavy laden, come to me. And it reminds me of Galatians 6 and verse 9 where Paul says there, let us not lose heart in doing good for in due time we will reap what? If we don't grow weary. You see, it's easy for us to grow weary. We have all the things that are, that are weighing upon us in this life. It's easy for us to grow weary. And Jesus acknowledges that. If you're weary and heavy laden, if you're, if you're brought down by the cares of the world, if you're brought down by a load of sin, he says to come to me. And it reminds me again that we, we don't need to lose heart in what we're doing. So it's easy for us to, to think that we're the only ones doing it. It's easy for us to, to have that Elijah moment or I'm the only one left, and they're seeking my life also. And then the Lord reminds Elijah, there's 7,000 in Jerusalem that have not bowed the knee to Baal. So we're not alone. We feel isolated sometimes, but we're not. There are brethren all throughout the world who are meeting on this day, who are trying to hold on to their faith and, and trying to serve God and try to better themselves each and every day. So we're all a little weary, aren't we? But Jesus has that plea, just, just come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden. And he says there, to take my yoke upon you. Look with me over in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew 7. As Jesus is concluding his Sermon on the Mount, he says there in verse 24 of Matthew 7, he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them may be compared to the wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and burst against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded upon the rock. And everyone who hears the words of mine and does not act upon them will be like the foolish man, who built his house upon the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and burst against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. You know, the yoke that, that our Lord speaks about is the yoke of, of his words, the yoke of his ministry, the yoke of his will for us. And so as he concludes this, the, this beautiful sermon, he says, if you hear these words of mine and you act upon them, you're like that wise man who, who took to heart the things that he heard and, and he built a strong foundation and built a house on top of that. And then when the troubling times came, his faith withstood. We can be like that too, can't we? We can take the words that we hear when our Lord pleads with us to come to him and, and he recognizes that we're weary and we're, and we're, we're held down and 
and, and we're encumbered by sin and cares of the world. But he says, take my yoke upon you. Listen to what I have to say. Put into practice the things that you hear me say. That's the yoke our Lord is talking about. Take that upon yourself. As we talked about the plea, let's talk about now the prerequisite. As our Lord just said there, take your, your yoke upon, my yoke upon you. He says, and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in spirit. And down in verse 30 says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What's he mean there to, to learn from me? Well, in Luke's recording of the, of the Sermon on the Mount, that very place there that we just read from Matthew's accounting, the Lord says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? So it's one thing to, to say, Lord, Lord, and Matthew talks about how, you know, didn't we prophesy, or Matthew records Jesus saying, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we do all these things in your name and call you Lord? And Jesus says, it's not enough. You've got to do what the will of the Father is. You've got to practice that. And if you don't, well, all I'll say to you is, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So when Jesus says to take my yoke upon you and learn from me, there's the idea that we've got to recognize and do what the Lord says. I can't say, Lord, Lord, I can't call him Lord, and then not do what he asked me to do. That's how we have to learn. That's how we learn from him. But he says in this that my yoke is easy. So even though there's, there, there's things to be learned and, and, and application to be made, our Lord says it's, the yoke is easy. In Proverbs 14 and verse 6, it says, A scoffer seeks wisdom and finds none, but knowledge is easy to the one who has understanding. When Jesus talks about his yoke being easy, it's not, it's not hard for us to understand. It's not buried in a, a, a whole library of books that we have to search out and find. And, and only through years of diligent study and, and the writings of men, then I can arrive at what salvation means. No. Jesus says my yoke is easy. It's easy to find knowledge. Because if you, if you look for it, you'll find it. Because it's right here in front of us. And that's what he means when he says, my yoke is easy. He also says, my burden is light. In 1 John 5 and verse 3, John writes, for, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments aren't burdensome. You know, we, we often think about with the Old Testament, all the things that had to be done under the, the law of Moses the animal sacrifices, the, the rituals that they had, the, the feast days, all the things that they had to keep in order to, uh, to, to keep the law, of, the law of Moses. We don't have that under the law of Christ. We have a lot of freedom under the law of Christ. God still expects our best. He still expects our sacrifice. He still expects those uh, first fruits. We're to give him our best. But we're not burdened by all the things that the, the children of Israel were burdened by under the law of Moses. When Jesus says, my yoke is easy, what I have to tell you is, is easy to understand. It's, it's, it's Jesus Christ and him crucified, and the burden is light. 
All you have to do is respond to that. Respond to what our Lord asks of us. To be buried with Him in baptism. To rise up again. To walk in newness of life. And then to keep building on our faith. And putting Him first in all things. And, and learning from Him. It's not a hard, burden, a hard burden to bear. His commandments aren't burdensome. So we've talked about a plea. We've talked about a prerequisite. Let's talk about the promise that our Lord makes in this. Back to our text there. In the end of verse 28, he says, I will give you rest. Here's the, the promise that's made. If, if you do these things, come to me, you're weary and you're heavy laden, I will give you rest. For I am gentle and humble in heart. That's the promise that he is making to us. We don't serve a God that is, that is overbearing and, and has set us up for failure. We serve a God that is gentle. And a God that wants us to come to him. And there are consequences when we don't we'll understand that. We'll all understand that in one day. But he asks us, he, he ask us to come to him. He says he's gentle and humble in heart. And he says, again, I will provide rest, or you will find rest for your souls. So when Jesus says that I am gentle, look over in Matthew chapter 12. Matthew 12, beginning in verse 15. This is as Jesus is, is teaching and, and going about uh, answering questions and, and, and explaining himself to, to the multitudes and to his disciples. Verse 15 says, Jesus, aware of this, withdrew from there, and many followed him, and, and he healed them, and he warned them not to make him known, in order that what was spoken through the Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, and so Matthew here is quoting from uh, Isaiah 42. And listen to what it says there. This is, a, of course, a prophecy about the coming Messiah. And he says, Behold, my servant who I am chosen, in verse 18, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall proclaim justice to the Gentiles. And it's not, it's not hard to see how that's a, a prophecy that Isaiah is making there uh, about the coming Messiah. Verse 19, He will not quarrel, nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. He's talking of a gentle man here. Verse 20, a battered reed he will not break off. A smoldering wick he will not put out. Until he leads justice to the victory, and in his name the Gentiles will hope. That, that language there about a broken reed he will not break off, the imagery there is you know, a, a leaf or limb broken over. He's not going to come along and just break it off. Or if a smoldering wick, that's like a candle wick, that's, that's, that's a candle that's barely lit. He's not going to just come along and put it out. Why? Because he's gentle. Because he is gentle and humble in heart. That's not the kind of man that the, the, the Messiah was going to be. He was going to be the one, verse 19, he will not quarrel nor cry out nor anyone hear him in the streets. And we think about the ministry that Jesus had. He wasn't that. He's a very humble man that went from place to place teaching and preaching his gospel. So when he calls men to himself and he says, I am gentle. The call is gentle. Respond to that call. Gentle and humble of heart. 
And here again, I will give you rest. Now what rest is he talking about? Well, there's a couple of ways that we can, we can kind of think about it. We can think about an earthly rest. In John 16 and verse 33, These things I have spoken to you that in, in me you may have peace. The world have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. So the idea that, um, and, and this is the, 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 the way in which we live, our eternal spirit is dwelling in a mortal body. So while we're on this earth, we, we have to suffer the tribulations. We have to suffer disease and unrest and, and death and all those things that we have to, to, to suffer through in our mortal bodies. But in some way, there is rest. Why? Because Jesus has overcome the world. Jesus has gone on before us. He's blazed the path. He has, he has, he has set the way in which we will all go. And so in that way, we can have peace. Yes, we have all these things to deal with. Yes, we have all the worldly cares. But in a way, we can overcome that. Why? Because Jesus has overcome it. He has set the way for us. So we can have peace in this world if we let our minds and our hearts dwell on the idea that Jesus has overcome the world and dwell on the idea that he's asking us to come to him. Let's put aside the things in the world. Let's, let's prioritize over those things and put him first. That's the kind of peace that we're talking about. That's the kind of rest that we're talking about. But even in that, Jesus says also that, I, that you will find rest for your souls. And of course we know what he's talking about there. Look with me over in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. The Hebrew writer contrasts the old law with the new law throughout the writings of the book of Hebrews. And he talks about the rest here in chapter 4. And the rest that he, that he refers to here is the rest of the children of Israel entering into the promised land. But he reminds his readers that not everybody got into the promised land. He says because of disobedience, some of them didn't make it. But look what it says in verse 8. He said, For if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another, uh, of another day after that. There remains, therefore, a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works as God did from his. Remember we talked about how Jesus was that, the one that went on before us? That's what it's being spoken about here. He has entered into his rest as God did from his. Remember, in six days God created the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he what? He rested. So the idea of rest is, is throughout. God rested. After he completed his mission on earth, Jesus rested. Verse 11. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall through following the same example of disobedience. There's a rest that's out there for us, yet that's our rest in heaven. That's the eternal rest. That's the rest that we strive for. That's the rest that, that gives us the reason to continue to worship and to, and, and to follow after God, to follow after our Lord, because there's the rest that awaits for us. But heed the warning that's in there also. Lest anyone fall through following the same example of disobedience. There were some who didn't enter into the promised land, because they were disobedient. 
we run that same risk. If we're not obedient, if we fall to disobedience, we're not going to enter into that rest. So the rest that Jesus is offering us here, the plea to come to him, the, 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 the prerequisite of understanding what the yoke means of taking that upon ourselves and learning from Jesus, there's a promise in doing all that. The promise of eternal rest. But there's a warning also that if we don't do that, we won't enter into that eternal rest. We won't follow after Jesus into heaven. The end of his life, the Apostle Paul realized that his, the end of his life was coming. He had been in prison in Rome. He was out for a, a while, but he, he winds back up in prison, and eventually he's going to be put to death. And by the time he writes the second letter to Timothy, he, he's come to grips with it. He understands that his time is, is near. So he writes Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, beginning in verse 7. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. I hope that we'll take this away with us and, and see the attitude that Paul had. Paul could have given up. Paul had lots of opportunities to give up. He had lots of reasons to give up. He was beaten. He was thrown into prison. He shipwrecked. All the things that, that he lists for us in 2 Corinthians. But yet he didn't. He said, I fought the good fight. I finished the course. I've kept the faith. Through all the things that he went through, he kept the faith. And the idea of finish the course, he finished the mission that God had for him. What awaited him now was death. What awaited him was what he's talking about now. In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. He is looking forward to that rest. He's looking forward to that time when he will meet his Lord, meet his creator, and be given that crown of righteousness on that day. And he says, and, and not only me, not just me, but all those who have loved his appearing. That's where we fall in this. Do we love his appearing? We love the fact that Jesus came to the earth, ministered while he was here, put to death at the hands of men, raised up on the third day, and he just asks, just come to me. You who weary, you who are weary and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. It's a gentle plea, but a powerful one. And a powerful one if we will heed it. As you might imagine, the song we're going to sing, number 268, Hark the gentle voice of Jesus calleth tenderly upon my ear. Sweetest cry of love and pity calleth, turn and listen, stay and hear. Ye that labor and are heavy laden, lean upon your dear Lord's breast. It's a simple plea. It's a simple invitation, and we offer it now. If you're not a child of God, you can become one by rendering obedience through baptism. If, you're not a, if you are a child of God and you've lost your way and you are 
heavy laden and you're burdened by the cares of the world, I would encourage you, come to Jesus. Put that burden off. Accept the, the gentle and, and lowly spirit that he says he is. And understand that his commandments aren't burdensome. He doesn't ask a lot of us.